And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's the little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Visit DirecTV.com. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Plus minus. Curry, way downtown. Oh, what a shot from Curry! Tim Kawakami deserves all the credit there. <laughs> Plus minus. Tell Marcus that he asked you know, that question about my defense. Do you hear that, Marcus? Anthony, you know me well, buddy. I have a great night. I think you got the highest plus minus in the season in NBA history. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Warriors Plus Minus podcast. Tim Cowell called me in the building and uh, we made a we made a trade at the deadline. Yeah. <laughs> a needed, urgent, important trade. Uh, I'm surprised that the other team was willing to make this move. It, but It's like a win now and, and for the future, right? <laughs> and get, I get off a lot of money, too. Oh, uh, it, was, yeah. it, was, it was it was a really necessary move. Marcus Thompson is out. I don't know where we sent him. Y- y'all can be creative. Uh, Zena Keda is in. How are you? I'm well. I'm doing well. I like this analogy, especially yeah, I mean, the, the moving money off the roster. That is very true. <laughs> yeah, wait a minute. I'm a much more affordable talent. <laughs> we need we need to see if we can get that max contract available to. Zeno. Well, you know, still on the rookie deal, extension eligibility. <laughs> exactly, you know, exactly. They, I got to prove my worth, right? <laughs> uh, so yeah, um, it is trade deadline week, which I'm sure we'll get into, um, and it's coming at an interesting time because I look the Warriors have what two and two on a homestand. It's not time to just you know declare wow. You know the the ship has turned around, but it does feel like the most sustainable moment. Uh, of the season with Draymond back looking good, playing a bunch of minutes very quickly at 46 minutes in that double overtime game. Uh, Rick Celebrini, I'm sure, was over there just breaking clipboards. Uh, but he's at center, which seems like it's now like it's a team that was searching for an identity. To me, that seems to be the identity. He's at center. Wiggins Kaminga is working. This team seems to have a little bit of juice right now, right before the deadline. Yeah, if they're going to be good this season, this is how they're going to be good. And it's still if, you know, there's certainly there could be other things that happen. You know, a lot has happened this season. And, uh, you know, 30 game, what, 38 games left to go. There's certainly enough season for them to get back into some kind of, you know, reasonable contention. There's enough time for them to go through some more problems. We, we've seen them kind of make some changes, little changes, little changes, back to the old way, little changes. But this seems like, pretty much of a commitment and, and i think um you know draymond at center is the thing that kind of unlocks a lot of other things his patience now you know he certainly seems like he's playing with more patience his uh, mindset is clear and you know this full board commitment to draymond wiggins and kaminga is the way they have to play they've got to it now We'll see how it lasts and see if, if it gets even better. But this is the way they have to do it. Again, I don't know what the top end of this, but it's a lot higher than what we saw for the first 42 games. And the consistency, right? In the first 42 games, just having no consistency in that starting lineup. Just like you said, Tim, like Draymond, Kaminga, and Wiggins are probably the most exciting thing that you're starting to see in the consistency of that starting lineup. And knowing that they're elevating their play in that starting lineup, 
Moody's not even back. GP2 is not even back. So Chris Paul. Chris Paul. Chris Paul's not back. <laughs> yeah. Right. Exactly. So now you're starting to see more so of a optimistic outlook on their season versus this ship is crashing and we don't know where it's going. So it seems like they're starting to formalize their identity, as you mentioned, get some consistency. And now there's like, okay, once we get everyone back on board, maybe we can turn this around. So much of it clearly, and this is being reinforced, is about Draymond and just being there. And if you line up potential concerns the rest of the season, that to me still kind of is at the top of the yep. list. Like yep. stay eligible, <laughs> stay eligible, because if he's not eligible, they're tanking. You know, not, I don't mean like, you know, actively attempting to tank. Aggregate that, aggregate that. Slater yeah. said they're tanking. Slater said they're, um, they're tanking. They're, and, you know, he's played 20 games. What did you say? They played 44, only 20 of the 44 games. And, what is he? He's plus 79 the last like yeah. four games, something like yeah. that. Well, this is like when people ask, why do the Warriors do this with Draymond? Mm-hmm. Why have they let him do all these things? Why don't have they got rid of him? And, and I, hey, listen, at times I've said maybe they should start thinking about it. Uh, I wrote that after his, this mm-hmm. last suspension. But this is why they stick with him. This is why they gave him the contract uh, this offseason. This is why they wait for him. Because he can play like this. Because he's the second best player. This. He's the second best player. He's their best center. Has been their best center for a long time. Uh, it's not as just just piping a seven footer and everything's going to be. No, this is their best way they play. Now they need other stuff around it. It's. I thought it was very interesting. Draymond, as always, I, you know, he's so interesting in the post game. He talked about how when you know he and Steph and Clay were younger, they were you know they helped carry some older guys. You know, I think we know mm-hmm. Sean Livingston or we can Andrew Bogut, David Lee. We know the, the veterans names that they really respected. Now it's time maybe for some younger guys beneath them, Kaminga being the, the number one to help carry them. Uh, that's a pretty large thing to say for somebody with so much pride, who's accomplished so much. He was not that old, but uh, it's... A very kind. I think there's a shift. I think a shift happened. I'm writing about it uh, for later today. Kind of within that team consciousness, we know how this the, the dynastic group works and how Steve Kerr works with them. That this is like okay, they can't hold on to the same thing they've done this whole time. They can't. I asked Draymond about it. He said, you know, if you do the same thing for ten years, teams are chasing you for ten years. They're going to figure it out pretty soon, and you have to change. They kind of hit that moment. Maybe they hit that moment a little while ago, and it took them some time to, to sink in. But like they hit that, and now they've got to change some things. And Jonathan Kaminga is the change agent. He's the guy, not the only part of it, but the main one, that they got to alter some things to make sure they get Kaminga going because he can help carry them. Not carry them himself, but help push this further than it was going to go without him. I want to go back really quickly because you guys mentioned – Draymond being eligible, being your like number one thing. And I'm, I want to ask, like, do you not see a change in his behavior or do you see a change in his behavior since he's been back as far as like interacting with refs and how he's taken to certain calls or anything like that? Yeah. I well, see so, injuries being the number one issue for that. Yeah. So I was so. sitting, they, they put us courtside in Memphis, um, which I'm about to go to Memphis for another game. And I love <laughs> being courtside because like you, you're in, you're literally in the game. I used to get it every game for when I was covering the Thunder because that's like that in Oklahoma City. Uh, and that was his first game back, and he was like actively reserved in that game. You could tell, like, mm-hmm. there was a fan behind the bench that was like, you know, saying, like, send him to the asylum, you know, that type of stuff. 
you know, because he's going <laughs> to face that, like, you're crazy type, you know, rhetoric. And he was like, you know, he kind of went a little bit back and forth, but it was in a friendly way or, you know, like he had one foul that was like, it wasn't even borderline flagrant. It was just like a, a normal, like semi hard foul, clear foul. And, you know, you had the bench like call him for the review, which you saw him the other day get mad at Vanderbilt for doing in the crowd. You know, like, that was hilarious. And he was like reserved. And I remember he took a charge and like he, he like took a deep breath. Like, I want to go after the rep. But then the, you know, Steve Kerr got up to argue it and it was like, okay, like they're shifting who is doing the arguing. They're still protesting the call, but Draymond felt okay with it because somebody was speaking up on his behalf. There's a little of that I saw sp- specifically that first night. Um, and, and you know, he's mostly stayed away from referees at zero technicals in five games. But at the same time, y'all were at the Lakers game. He was like, there was a couple, you know, he had the hard foul on Davis. It wasn't anything over the top, like borderline. Maybe you could say flagrant one. Um, it wasn't nothing that would have been suspendable. But, you know, he had some stuff with Vanderbilt. He had some like pushing and shoving with D'Angelo Russell. And it was a reminder that like this guy kind of has to live that way on the basketball court. Mm-hmm. And where my concern is long term is like if this team really is to make a run, uh, they're going to have to win a lot of big games down the stretch. In, they're on intense, ton- intense in, games. Yeah. Just really intense environments. They have a bunch of ABC Saturday night, TNT Tuesdays. The NBA loves putting them on these marquee games late in the season. And they're going to have to win these games. And as we've seen with this team, they're not blowing anybody out. They're going to be in like tight fourth quarters. And then even if they get to the playoffs, like th- that's all the playoffs is. And my concern is like, he's going to be able to go through all of that without getting in the league's crosshairs. Like he... A playoff run means like four times that Draymond Green and the league are going at it. And the thing that I would be concerned about long-term, as you're asking, is the league has shown, like, so let's say Sabonis happens in game two last year. He gets game three suspended, you know? And that was even like at the time, like, will he or won't he get one game? That happens in game two of the first round this year or game 71 of of the regular season. What's the league doing? A month. Yeah, he's he's yeah out yeah. for a long time, and yeah, it's That's, like it, it's like let's see. Uh, you have to say with this one, let's see, because the league is saying let's see. The, he got an indefinite suspension. Like this wasn't like oh yeah, it's you know here's six games. It was indefinite. You know we didn't. And it turned out what eleven games. I, I don't exactly remember what number it was. But it was twelve and then four so, extra yeah. on the conditioning. Standpoint. Yeah, so like they they do not like this. They've said the right things. They've said it's about him. Uh, I have heard other things from the league is really unhappy, you know, was unhappy with that scene. Uh, they, they showed it with suspension. So we'll see. You know, there are definitely signs. Like you, Kaminga gets the tech last night, and Draymond is the one I guess he was playing. Kaminga kind of said maybe Draymond was helping him. But Draymond is kind of like, calm it down, calm it down. Don't we don't get tossed. We don't need that. And I thought that was notable. Uh, you know, Draymond wasn't happy with some calls last night and, you know, did a slap the hands, whatever does the Draymond thing, but then stopped and ran back down court. This is just a small sample size. We have a exactly. very large sample size of it not working that way. Tim is a uh, believer after five games. I, he, no, listen, I'm optimistic. I am optimistic. I do, I do feel as if I've seen some particularly in that Lakers game. I mean, after he told Vanderbilt to shut his BA up, I was dying. I was like, there's Draymond coming out. There it is creeping out. But there's, there's been calls that I've, I've been shocked that he has not been jumping down ref's throats, but he has been doing it in a way that's still authentic to him. I think, um, I'm not, I'm not gonna say it's like fixed. The situation is not fixed. I'm not saying that, but I feel like that's less of an issue in my mind as much as, 
everything you just listed, Slater, as far as like the length of this season, if they make it to playoffs, I'm thinking about these guys are old. <laughs> these guys are not young. Like this is a long season. And you're talking about Draymond's back in the 30 minute range. Steph's been in the 30 minute range. CP3 before he went out was in the 30 minute range. Um, you know, obviously when they're full force, you won't have everyone doing that sort of a load, but it's a really long season and people keep getting injured. These rotations keep having to shift and more people are picking up new minutes that they probably didn't have or could potentially not be conditioned for. That's my issue. Like, can't you make it to the finish line? Oh, yeah, a fair I mean, question. I mean, like, yeah, listen, this is not the old warriors was like, oh, listen, you know, we can take this section where we kind of decelerate because we've got this big lead. And it really it doesn't matter if we're the two seed or the three seed. We're the warriors. Right. right. I mean, we can go win on the road. We've done it every single series. Well, they didn't do that in the, in the Lakers series, but um, they can't do that this season. They can't no. like they got to put the pedal down. And if they run out of gas. That happens to other teams. That's it. Didn't used to happen to the Warriors, where they would risk that. Now they're putting the pedal down. They have to. They can't throw away games. So they've thrown away so many that they're just not in the span. We're like, okay, listen. If we go a little three and seven stretch here, which they've done right at the end, we've seen it happen in, in, towards the end of seasons where they were going to go for the one seed. Now they're the three seed. They were going to be the three seed. Now they're the four seed. That that's not them. They they've got to win. Yeah. I mean, if they go, you know, if they play great, what's their top side? Top side six seed, maybe, maybe like did those teams are twenty six and twenty one. So yeah, so twenty twenty four. If you like, want to look at it, Timberwolves, Nuggets, Thunder, Clippers to me done, locked yeah, in as yeah, like that's, a top four ahead of the Warriors. Obviously, Suns trending that way. Kings trending that way. Those are two teams that could theoretically hit a slump. So maybe five, six is reachable. But to be honest, I think you're talking more seven on the top yep. end. That That's where, to me, it drops off. And then it's Dallas, New Orleans, Los Angeles, Utah, Houston. Like those You are need the those teams to come back to you. Now, listen, some, some of those teams are coming back to them. Uh, uh, by the way, the Lakers and the Jazz have 25 losses and the Warriors have 24 losses. That is so they're actually very interesting. Yeah, though. but so, and this is this is a part of 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 what y'all are talking about. The Warriors have played only 44 games right now, whereas the Lakers and Jazz have played 49. Some of that because they had two postponements, obviously, recently. Some of it is oh, right, because of, of just how the schedule, uh, you know, uh, materialized this year. But they have a ton of like. You know, like they got two road back to backs coming up. They now have that extra Utah game before the All Star break, where they're at Utah on Monday, back home on Wednesday, at Utah on Thursday. And like Steph Curry's played forty one games. Like he, they're gonna probably like they spotted him a game in Milwaukee and basically tried gave and it out. And he's leading in clutch minutes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like it's he's not only that he's drama. just played those games. He's been in clutch yeah. minutes in thirty something, uh, thirty plus of them. Like that's insane rare and terror that trust we can say this all day long the storyline that steph curry takes care of his body is well ingrained in our heads but that is still a different level of wear and tear he gets tired he had a like yeah. a three-week four-week stretch this season that that he looked fatigued now they just had a nine-day layoff for for very tragic reasons but he has come back looking like you know the bodies look a little refreshed but they're about to play a ton of games coming up and and that does wear on him now where this i do think this team Look, you lose Steph for any extended period. Clearly, if you lose Draymond for any extended period, you're in trouble. But to me, like the more mid-rotation players, like once healthy, they're pretty deep. You get Moody back in this rotation. You get Peyton. You get Paul. Um, they're pretty deep. Now, you were yep. seeing last night where the depth is hurting. Looney's in a 
really bad place right now. It feels like on the court. Sarge isn't playing that well. Corey Joseph's not doing anything. Corey Joseph, do Warriors fans Wait. think that? I'm, I'm not sure about that. I, I need to, <laughs> we got to touch on this. We have to touch on this because I, as a person that covered him in the G, I was super, super pumped to see Lester Quinones get in the game. Hit a three. Uh, yep. Hit a three. Hit a quarter three. Big three. There we go. Um, but I am very confused as to why Lester, Corey, and even sometimes I think BP were on the court at the same time. Well, like My, Kerr, you could, you could, yeah. yeah, I was like, Kerr went top line, second line. He like he was going to keep Draymond, keep the group Kaminga, Wiggins, yeah. and mostly he's, Steph. Yeah, then then he used the term maximize. He wants to yeah. maximize that group's minutes and particularly that front court group's minutes yeah. instead of Got just it. kind of diffusing it out. And they were, you know, they were out, you know, without Clay, GP2, Chris Paul, right. yeah. Moody. So, yeah, you can argue that. Like, there was a risky group out there. There was no question. Like, we all <laughs> noticed, like, hmm, you, you have Corey Joseph and Quinones and, you know, Starridge out there all at the same time, whatever, however you curve put it together. But you could just really tell. It was almost like a college thing. Like, you see college teams, like, let's just, let's just, we got our really good players and we have our secondary players. So, let's really try to make the really good players right. win. And then let's try to just hold the fort with and and, and not blend in the units. Uh, yeah. I hadn't really seen that. And the Warriors are usually deep enough where they don't have to do that. But no, that's like I, we all like. Wow, that was weird. What's that term? There's a term, a substitution term for hockey, hockey shift, uh, hockey substitution. Hockey shifts. Yeah, yeah hockey. Yeah. That was like there's a term for that. Just yeah. five in, five out, or like just like as your squadron coming in and out. I was like, this is very interesting. We'll see how this works. I, but I do agree that, you know, obviously with GP2 out, Moody out particularly, and CP3 out, like, you need people out there to push the pace, which I, I think BP and Corey Joseph do a good job of in transition, trying to push the pace. Um, I thought I kept seeing Lester kind of not know where he wanted to be once he got, like, once he filled his lane. And I, I felt like it's because in the G, he plays point. Um, for Santa Cruz more so. And so, or he has played point for Santa Cruz more so. So I felt like he just kind of kept getting confused out there. Well, yeah. And when like those five have ever been on the court together? Yeah, so that like, too, you know, right? Like, exactly. Like, yeah, well, what are we supposed no to do here? Like, usually there's stuff over there or there's Draymond over yeah. there. They're not here. What are we going to do? They were uh, like not balancing. Uh, they were that's very non Kerr like stuff. Like, you know, we are mm -hmm. seeing different things. Uh, could change again, right? Back to the, right. you know, we, we've seen this. Kevin, Kevon Looney could be back. You know, how many times have we talked about that later? Like, Kevon Looney comes out of the lineup, Kevon Looney goes back in the lineup. Kevon I, Looney will have a 20 rebound playoff <laughs> game. <laughs> Put it down. But I do think there's been, I'll just say, organizational kind of principle of this or commitment. Like, they do have to change. Like, they, they run it this long for as long as they could and maybe a little bit longer than they should have. And now it's not wholesale. You you still got Steph Curry. You still have to base everything on what's good for him. But I think Steph is kind of into this. Like, I, I don't think Steph is against making some, going a little more ISO ball. Uh, as uh, Kerr kind of mentioned, when I asked him about, like, is it ISO ball? And he kind of mentioned Kaminga's defensive issues. Like, I, I'm just going to have to, like, live with those if he's really being productive on the other side. The, some of the tenets that we know this team has lived by and has won with and has really, really maximized Steph Curry just aren't in play anymore. And they're being altered. God, I don't want to give away my whole column. I'm going to stop talking right now because <laughs> all the stuff's going to be in the column.
Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. You know, if I would have applied myself, I could have gone to the NBA. You think so? Yeah, I think so. But it's just like, it's been done. You know, I didn't want to, I was like, I don't want to be a follower. Hi, I'm Jason Concepcion. And I'm Shay Serrano. And we are back. We have a new podcast from Wondery. It's called Six Trophies. Woo! And it's the f-ing best. Each week, Shay Serrano and I are combing through all the NBA storylines, finding the best, most interesting, most compelling stories, and then handing out six pop culture themed trophies for six basketball related activities. Trophies like the Dominic Toretto, I live my life a quarter mile at a time trophy, which is given to someone who made a short-term decision with no regard for future consequence. Or the Christopher Nolan Tenet trophy, which is given to someone who did something that we didn't understand. Catalina wine mixer trophy. Ooh, the Lauren Hill, you might win some, but you just lost one trophy. And what's more, the NBA playoffs are here, so you want to make Six Trophies your go-to companion podcast through all the craziness. Follow Six Trophies on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. This is what this first half of the season led them to because there were so many little moments like uh, Sacramento, for example, where Moses Moody hits three straight threes and then he pulls him mm. for the struggling Clay Thompson. And then it's post game, like pretty, pretty obvious how big a mistake that was or the Kaminga DNP against Portland where they're struggling. I mean, can yeah. you like it, how hard is it to believe now? Like Kaminga was yeah, not yeah. in the rotation. It was pretty hard to understand that. Then, <laughs> yeah, too, it was, it was. Yeah, yeah. but I mean, like those moments have, forced to shift and you're mm-hmm. correct like you know there's a, I think fair arguments that it should have been happening sooner but clearly some of this core this coaching staff all that kind of had to be pushed to the realization that like the youth is is coming up the vets are kind of get, being pushed down a little bit and um, as they decide what to do with the deadline as it, it's probably a quieter deadline and we can talk about the trade deadline a little bit than, than maybe some had hoped for or even believed, even internally thought it was going to be a month ago. Uh, part of the belief of of where growth can come over the last month, and I don't mean growth to suddenly you know be beating the Nuggets in the West Finals. I mean growth as far as like they look better going into the offseason is a belief that there needs to be more youth on the floor. They need to play, like Tim mentioned, a little bit more of a different style to – 
that's more conducive to a Kaminga, even a Moses Moody, who's more of like a three and D stationary type wing. Um, but Moody needs to play. Like he comes back and like if Corey Joseph's playing over Moses Moody, you know, <laughs> that doesn't seem wise if that if that Warriors happens. Twitter would just love that. Yeah. They would really Trace really- Jackson Davis at this point seems yeah. to be like he should be getting more backup center minutes than than Kevon Looney. And we know Pajemski's gonna play. That that's one yeah. Kurd seems to have zero problem with. So um part of that's yeah, like it's beyond just a stylistic shift. It needs to be a shift towards yeah. those four young guys who going into the summer need to be viewed as better assets if they want to make a bigger move or going into the next season need to be firmer, better rotation players. I love that the league forced this creativity and like flexibility upon the Warriors because as you mentioned, they were kind of like the Sears Roebuck of the league where they basically had their formula. It worked. They got Customers, people were buying in. People were scoring. They were winning championships. Explain to me the Sears. Sears yeah, that's a that's, that's a that's a old time reference. Yeah, you, know? you pulled that one out. Can, can I, I, it's I love so it. I love that it. I needed to be explained. <laughs> yeah, like, what what is this Sears robot? They're robots that that no. So so okay. Um, I you know shopping. All right, let's there take you it go. to shopping. There you go. Right. So back in the day when big time malls and or before malls happened, but before like big time um, business to consumer, like B2C kind of shops were coming through. They would go to Sears Robux and they'd say, I'd like to sell my product in your catalog. And these catalogs would be shipped all over America. And that was how people got anything and everything in their homes, appliances, Christmas gifts, like whatever you wanted, you got it from the Sears Robux magazine. It was like the staple. And then, you know, other competitors were like a Macy's, right? You think about these very well-known other big time um, like mall type places, but they shifted. When Sears Robux was a magazine, they eventually became brick and mortar. But where they did not do well was the third evolution, which was online. And then you saw the JC Pennies, the Macy's, the other distrib- distributors find other channels to their consumers and they succeeded. And that's why you barely ever see Sears's anymore. You, you might see a brick and mortar, but like they basically ran themselves out of business because they would not adapt. Same concept from a blockbuster, right? Um, there's just so many different examples of people being like, we, we're doing this and we've been doing this. You know, Sears was the place for America for decades. And then basically ran themselves into oblivion because they would not adapt with the times. And I feel like the warriors were on the cusp of doing that by saying we are this, you know, three point shooting, um, you know, not even I want to say run and gun, but like, you know, this is this is who we are. We run our we run our sets. We have great out of bounds plays and sideline out of bounds plays. And, you know, this is we're the Splash Bros plus Draymond. And this is who we are. This is our identity. And we've been doing it. And it's great. Great. Good job, Warriors. You have pushed the three-point line out. You have made people have to, you know, space the floor so much better. Well, guess what? Not only has everyone been able to shoot the three better, they've also gotten taller (laughs) and longer and more athletic. And they have created the online channel that you would not, you didn't want to create for so long. And so now I feel like... Blockbuster. Blockbuster's awesome. (laughs) I mean, but are you using your Blockbuster cards later? Yes. Are you using your Blockbuster? I think there is like one more Blockbuster left. There was like a documentary on like the last... It's like in Washington or Oregon or something like that. Does this sound like an Ivy League study there, Zeno? Are you throwing some Ivy League stuff at us? Or like a Michael Lewis book or something? Yeah, yeah. No, it's so true. But Slater and I are both thinking, I think... 
newspaper industry, newspaper failure. Yeah. Oh, there you go. It's like light, yep. neons, lights going off in our heads. But it, dang it, that's a that's a good, good, good metaphor, Zena. He's because... going to have Blockbuster in his column today. So, so. <laughs> I, I, I might have to. But no, this is like you have to adapt. You do have to change. And they, yeah. they have played this way for a long time. I think, in, oh God, I'm going to give more stuff from my column, but I think Game 7 against Sacramento was kind of there like, hey, see, this stuff still works. We do the same thing mm-hmm. with Steph and Draymond. Mm-hmm. It, we're tough. We're proven. This is how we do it. We beat this younger team with this kind of savvy experience, our scheme, uh, and Steph carries us. You yeah. know what? Game 7s just don't last forever. Like, that was a great moment. He lost to the Lakers for some of the same fundamental things that we're seeing now. They try to fix some of it with CP3. We know CP2 was good for them the beginning of the season. He's hurt. Maybe he'll be good again. But um, you can't do the same thing over and over and over again and not think the opponents are going to go, you know what? Maybe we should play this a different way. You know the other part of this, too, um, that they've struggled with for, I would say, now four or five seasons Uh it's adapting to their own personnel beyond just the league. Yeah. But, you know, Kelly Oubre mm. came in. We saw him last night. Kelly Oubre's yeah. had a couple of good seasons. Yeah. But he Marcus starts to be like, Warriors should trade for yeah. Kelly Oubre. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's that's not- a great point. But he couldn't play within the Warriors no. system. No. Kent Bazemore. You D'Angelo know, Ra- Russell. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the big yeah one, he was in a weird year, but I'll still, give you yeah. one big one. Uh, James Wiseman yeah. <laughs> was. Yeah. Although, right. Yeah. What system is James Wiseman? Uh, fair, but also yeah. that was like the absolute worst one that would yes. like send him into yes. a spiral. Like yeah. DHOs and Andrew Bogut, like trick screens and stuff. Yeah. Like, I'm yeah. sorry, but that was, you know, then don't draft. Although, him. And, you know, look, this is. Oh, all I mean, I'm going to I'm going to say uh, they won 2022 championships. Like, yes. So, so for I mean, sure. Like, you know, and partly because no, no, you're right. But like, I think they've learned over the, like you do have to somewhat adapt to personnel and the 2022 title, like, you know, a, a jumbo version of this game seven against the Kings you're talking about made them recommit to who they are. And, and in times, and honestly, this season come, you know, in key moments, they might still kind of try to do that. You know what I mean? Cause it is just who they are at the core, but I think they're at least learning, you know, particularly Kaminga is a great example of all of this. As you mentioned, the change agent, like he's, he is really good. But he, ha- you have to tailor some of what you do to him, and they've had trouble tailoring what they want to do to young guys or or like a free agent type guy or a guy you get on trade like a Kelly Oubre, where they're just they're not good enough to to just do it only their own way anymore for various reasons. And again, I I believe personnel is one of those reasons. Sears Roebuck, Sears Roebuck. I'm going to remember this they, for a long yeah. time. <laughs> I appreciate that. <laughs> I feel like I they just that. had like. They've had years of confirmation bias, right? Like they just, this work, why not? I want to ask you guys, because I I vividly remember the moment for me that made me kind of this season, particularly where I was like, oh yeah, there's no excuse anymore for not finding a way for for the young guys to be in the mix. And I, for me, it was when they played Denver and um, Denver's young guys were killing and the Warriors want young guys were on the bench. And I was like, yeah, there is no, there's no excuse for if a Jokic and a Jamal Murray, because remember they sat Michael Porter Jr. Um, oh, I'm forgetting his name. The one with amazing posture. Yeah, you're talking name? about Peyton Watson. Yes, well Peyton Watson, game. right? They sat him for Peyton Watson and and there was no problem with that, right? Michael Porter Jr. wasn't shooting well. Uh, he started the game shooting well, wasn't shooting well. They sat him for Peyton Watson and he closed out the game. And I was like, 
yeah, there's there's literally no excuse. We're seeing a perfect example of the quote two timelines play on the Denver team. And that was like the moment for me because I didn't I want to say the OKC, the first OKC game that they needed to shift because of the the youth athleticism, but they were so close in that game. Yeah, they played that one right? well. Yeah, they played that They played well. that game well. So that wasn't that wasn't it for me. But I wonder like did you guys have a moment this season where you looked at it and you're like, yeah, you, you, there's no excuse. I, I think I, I really narrow in on watching Clay play this season. It's been up and down, we know. It just hasn't been Clay and mm-hmm. Kavon Looney. Uh, those just like, I, I just look at that like, Steve is really loyal to those guys and he should. We yeah. understand why he is. But when you just keep pushing them out there and you keep pushing them out there, and as Steph himself said, not specific to those guys, but Steph did say, it was about a month ago, Slater, like, what's the definition of insanity? He's doing the same thing over and over again. Oh, right. Expecting a different result. Like, that was a little bit of like indication that you know, whether That's it's the way they play or the exact players they're playing, you can't just keep saying it's going to happen. It's going to happen when it's not happening specifically for Looney and God knows one of the most popular people on this team, one of the nicest guys, thoughtful, caring, um, has dealt with going in and out of lineup, has dealt with not playing for the first two years of his career, has uh, really so helped much. them survive the Jordan Pool drama. Helped them survive situation. the Jordan Pool thing. Oh, that's just a guy that they all right. lean, yeah, yeah, the guy they all lean on. Yet it wasn't working. So you just watch this, you're just saying, I it's not working. It's really not working. Uh, and that thin line between when he's efficient for them and when he's not, it was that thing was passed over. And Clay, too, it's like you just can't just throw guys out there because you've won with them. At some point, you're not going to win with them. Don't know when that moment exactly is. I think, you know, some of that goes up and down, but that's what I just watching those two players, I think, has been like. And and I and I resist the fact that any younger player is better. Like you, you do have to have the right younger player. You do have to have um, that younger player understand what the moment is and and realize it's not just them. It's them blending into everyone, but also taking over at a time. And, and you can say Kerr took too long with with Kavinga and and has still still taking time with Moody. But um, maybe yes, I probably agree with that. But also, you want to earn those minutes. Believe me, Steph and Draymond don't want young guys given minutes. I don't think they were thrilled with Wiseman being given minutes. And I think they were quite relieved when he was traded. Uh, Kaminga has earned those minutes, maybe earned them and earned them and earned them and earned them and earned them. And now is finally getting them. But uh, I just, I look at it that way. Just the, the, the players who are not performing at their best. And that's sometimes clay. And sometimes it is clay is performing at its best. I don't want to put clay all the way over there, but um, you can't just say that's our guy. You can't. At some point, you need to win games, and I think uh, there's been internal discussion about that. And I think we've kind of seen them go over that line, uh, at least with Looney. And then Clay is going to play minutes because he's still good. But maybe in the games when he's not playing so well, they will have other options there. Yeah, I mean, to your to your question on like moments, like I think every all the young guys have had like flashpoint moments. I think Moody's is in Sacramento. Um, I think I mentioned the Kaminga one, right? The the two Kaminga ones, Portland, um, where he was the DMP to the final 17 minutes, and and the Denver one, where it also included obviously the report we put out the next day where his frustration was obvious, and then he does play a career high minutes like in that back to back the next day. 
and then talks about and you know I and I've this has been backed up by people I've talked to in the organization. His and Steve Kerr's relationship is in a much better, more communicative place ever since uh, that moment for him. And if you look at his minutes since that moment, where it was uh, he only played 19 in that Denver game, including he sat the final 18 and they blew an 18 point lead. Uh, mm-hmm. And Steph Curry was doubled in on the last possession and didn't have anywhere to throw it. Whereas last night you saw he got doubled as Kaminga. Um, and then I would say Trace Jackson Davis's moment was the Boston game. They beat Boston at home overtime. He blocks Jalen Brown twice at the rim. And it's like, there, that's a moment you're like, I don't think Kevon Looney's getting up and uh, tossing that Jalen Brown dunk attempt back. Um, and that is different than in past seasons where there's been moments this year where you're like, Clay will be on the floor, Looney will be on the floor, Wiggins will be on the floor. And the way they've been struggled at times, you're like, man, Moody would help more tonight. Kamingo would help more tonight. Mm-hmm. Trace Jackson Davis would help more tonight. That's different than it has been. And that is where the shift has come. I yeah, think. And the benefit... Once you make that shift, if they stick with it, is it does play out over years now. Right, you're not just holding yeah. on to something; you're letting something develop. The, there's risk to it, you know. You know, the young guys can make mistakes. Young guys do make mistakes, but you do have it's a double hit. You get you, maybe you're better for now, and I think we all agree they are better for now with the younger guys getting a bigger role, and they're probably going to get better. And they're not getting worse, uh, and I think that's kind of what. The fan base has felt and it's kind of maybe it's what you know many in the organization have felt now you, you know you don't want to lose looney and you, you don't want to uh, you know have a lot of this the principles a lot of the the belief system kind of burn away but you do have to play the best players and then and if it's even close maybe you lean to the future uh you know are they gonna win a championship this season i i don't think they are so if if they're probably their best lineup and it's going to be definitely their best lineup next season, you might as well go with it and, and see where it plays out. Yeah. Uh, you know, and Looney, look, Draymond gets two fouls in the first two minutes last night. Looney comes in and takes a shift on Joel Embiid. Uh, if they played the Kings in the first round, Looney's going to get some time on Sabonis. He defends Sabonis well. We've seen that. There, there will be Sabonis a... Head. Mm-hmm. If no, no. there's some Kings fans who listen to this podcast, yeah, uh, I was Zena saying that. That was he's Zena got an apartment. He's got an apartment living in Sabonis. No, By the way, Sabonis, uh, if he doesn't make the All Star team uh, on Thursday, there's going to be some Sacramento fans. Pay. Upset Hell looking at those to pay. Hell uh, to so, um, yeah, I mean, if Looney's here past the deadline, and that it, you know, I'm curious what the Warriors end up do, what they do do at the deadline, because I do think there's kind of a shift towards prioritizing the youth. Um, we, if you y'all want, we can get into that. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I was saying, I wrote that I expected them to trade Wiggins. This is a couple of weeks ago, and I think that was kind of the mindset. Maybe less than as you wrote. Like they're kind of in this place where, like, do they trade them? I mean, like, are they going to get better if they trade Wiggins? Do they do they have to get off? The that other money, thing is. You know? He's now part of their best starting and closing yes. five. There you yeah. go. And <laughs> and they're like, so let, yeah, okay. Right. You let's say you moved him for like theoretically Bogdanovich in Detroit, who like, you know, he would really juice the offense. He's he's a good player on a reasonable deal uh that expires sooner, which is important for the Warriors. Um, but is he like playing better than Andrew Wiggins has played the last month? Not necessarily. Wiggins and Wiggins is helping. Wiggins would be could be traded in the summer. It's not a commitment to Wiggins necessarily long term, but I'm not sure Wiggins is getting you better production than what he's currently giving you because yeah. his contract's not viewed that great right now. 
And also, when will we talk over and over, Pascal Siakam, as that would be a difference maker. And we can understand putting some players together in a package to get him because you could feasibly, okay, could they take on the Suns if they got Steph, Siakam, and Draymond? Yeah, I mean, I could see that. They didn't get him. You know, they didn't have enough to get him, understandably. I don't know that other player is. Again, we've gone Zach Levine. No, I mean, like we've gone through these players and you know, I don't know who makes them better than having just keeping Wiggins and, and playing it out with him. And so even though I'm the person who said I think they're trading him, I think at this point they probably aren't. We'll see. Uh, I was joking with somebody, non-Warriors person. I don't want anyone to aggregate this, but like when Buster Posey came out for the Giants, Bochi had Benji Molina and was not going to uh, have – Buster Posey play catcher. Just wasn't going to do it as long as he had Molina. So what did the Giants do? They traded Molina so Buster Posey can play catcher. Could that be the same case with Kevon Looney? <laughs> you just trade him to make sure. Oh, I think I had the conversation with you, Slater. Okay, yeah. I, can't, I can't name the person I was yeah. talking to. Yeah, it was with you. <laughs> like, I thought it was a, actually a Warriors person. It was Slater. Um, do you trade Kevon Looney just to make sure that Kerr doesn't play? And I, I was joking about that. Looney's too important a, a, a part of this fundamental core, but if I'll might, say this, if he's moved it, but that might be part of the thinking. If there is uh, an obtainable center that they desire out there, I can see Looney being part of the deal because Looney is he has making eight million next year, but only three million is guaranteed, so that's valuable enough to to a rebuilding team that likes expiring deals. Um, you know, Wendell Carter. I know there's there's at least been you know, interest. Um, and Nick Claxton is like an expiring contract in Brooklyn. Um, I really like his, Nick Claxton. His, his potential availability. Yeah, Capella in Atlanta. That's a bigger deal. That's a little tougher to do, yeah. but you know, I can see Looney being, you know, as they shift Looney being a, you know, part of a package there or not. We'll see. Um, but, yeah, I mean that that could happen. What you're mentioning, the thing, and you know, but you're mentioning the whole Molina Posey uh, comparison. Uh, I think part of the reason we both felt, and there was a sense that Wiggins might just have to be moved, is because there was a two month stretch where it was like him and Kaminga cannot play together. Yeah. The head coach was coming on the podium saying, "I can't play them together. I've tried. It's horrible. They were like minus yeah, one. Have you looked at the numbers? Have you looked at the numbers? Yeah. And the numbers were terrible. And it was like that was part of why Kaminga was getting far fewer minutes than we all thought he should get because it was like, well, they're still trying to play Wiggins. So there was a sense of like, maybe they just need to get off Wiggins so they can just give Kaminga the job. Well, suddenly with Draymond Green back, Wiggins is not blocking Kaminga. They're playing well together. Mm. So that, to me, has changed the equation of like, they're they're not forced to trade Wiggins because he's not he's suddenly not blocking the young guy behind him in the rotation. Yep. yep. And no, look no. at how important Draymond is as a key. Oh, God, yeah. Blocking that. Like, yep. that's, yeah. that's crazy to think that Jonathan Kaminga's minutes were indirectly, no, directly impacted by Wiggins' ability to produce and then indirectly impacted by Draymond's suspensions and not being able to be on the floor with them at the same time to unlock that. Ooh, as a young player, that's so frustrating to know you're capable of doing all the things and then being like, I'm doing the things, I just can't be on the floor because the right combination isn't out there for me. But... I mean, That's he's, way, he's yeah. played through that well. He's played Kam- through that well. Kaminga has some rightful frustrations for how right. he has been handled the last, I would say the last like season and a half. Once middle of last season, his second season, he really emerged because Wiggins left the team for a while. 
Uh, and Kaminga okay. was a big part of the rotation. The final stretch got them to the sixth seed, part of who got them to the sixth seed, mm-hmm. and then was out of the rotation right when Wiggins and, and Gary Payton came back before the playoffs. Um, and I've thought for a while he's been ready to be, play 30 minutes a night. And, you know, I think some of the way they handled him has have handled him has really sharpened his game. He makes extra passes and small stuff that, you you know, you're not seeing Jalen Green in Houston do or, you know, guys like that because they haven't played that way. They haven't been forced to make all these winning type plays over their first three years. So I do think Kaminga probably over the long term is a better player because of this. But I also like have been very understanding of of some of the frustrations that have boiled yeah. within him and a belief that, Hey, if it's not going to be 30 minutes every night here, make it somewhere that's not here right. because it needs to be 30 minutes a night because he's extension eligible this summer and he's ready. Clearly. I mean, he is like one of the best paint players in the league over the last month. It's like Zion and, you Brandy. know, Giannis, like that's where he is in paint points right and, now. And, and also he's yeah. one of the best fast break players that they've yeah. had, you know, in, down, in how many years? I mean, it's because a fast-paced team. They're like, yeah, but they don't have guys who finish, who finish. You know, he gets the ball, and there's a guy in front of him. It doesn't matter. If he's in open court, he's going to score at least or at least get fouled. Uh, I was out. He had that one uh, in, in the half court. He had that one challenge on Embiid, and I said, did you know Embiid was going to be there? Because it looked like he took his dribble in there and went, oh, there's Embiid here. Let me <laughs> lean back a little bit and try to shoot it really high. And he said, yeah, if he if Embiid had not been ready, it would have been fine because you can mm-hmm. beat, you know, you can try to beat him to the to the shot. But when Embiid is ready, he probably should not have done that. Uh, he said, I still can get him. Of course, he's Jonathan. Like he still believes in himself. But uh, that is a massive man there. <laughs> he does adjust some things. So, yeah, maybe I should, you pass at that situation. And again, this yeah. is Jonathan's, you know, development, his maturity. He can talk about these things. Um, and 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 understanding that this situation happened and another situation was like this, and then I can do this. Uh, these are not some things I think that were constantly on his mind in the past. They're in his mind now, but he's feeling confident. He's feeling yeah. good about it. Uh, and um, yeah, that uh, that just let him take off and throw it to him if he's down court, no matter what. That's six points a game, right? Eight points a game yeah. that they were not getting, or otherwise they're about go eighteen back. points a game lately. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, in I mean, that how many specific situation, you yeah, know, yeah, just yeah. throw it ahead. I don't care if there's a, a guy in front of him; he's going to get to the rim because it's in open court. Uh, this, this is uh, this is free points, and they give up free points sometimes. They've got to get some back, and that's one of them. And they just haven't been, you know, Wiggins maybe did a few of it when he was really playing well. Certainly hasn't done a lot of that recently. 2022 points. playoffs. Yeah, it's, it's three points, and they don't have enough of that. This is just let, let it go. It's taken a while to get to this point. He's going to have clunkers, folks. He's going to have clunkers, but that's okay because the good the good stuff outweighs it. My question would be on Wiggins, and I get all this. I've said it. I think, you know, he's more valuable to them. What if you start, you talk about he's not blocking Kaminga anymore. What if you feel like he's blocking Moody? Like, what if Moody starts really playing? To me, well? that's more of a Clay conversation. Yeah, I guess so. I, I, I guess. But Clay's playing, folks. I mean, Clay is going to play. Yeah, but I he's on an expiring deal. And yeah, his you're right. Not, it's a good question. His that's future's good uncertain. Good and yeah, and I've had people say, like, you know, okay, Clay doesn't have to play 35 minutes every game. Yeah. If Clay's playing well he can play 35 minutes but if clay i think we know a lot of times early on with clay thompson in games like that can be throttled back to a 24 minute game he got benched down the stretch in phoenix yes, you know what did. i mean yes so. he did yeah it's a good point I, I just like there are there are wing minutes available if 
they're more lenient on thinking that way than they've been in the past. The uh, thing about are- Clay, though, you've got to be you got to be careful. I mean, the other day against Lakers, he had two points going into the second half, but then he hit key threes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they're always going to, going to play know, him. They're always yeah. yeah they're, yeah. they're not going to play him fifteen minutes. They're going to play him twenty four minimum, and then sometimes that's going to be thirty six. But I do think they have to be much more flexible about that than they've been in the past. And yeah, Moody is one. I mean, yes. once CP is back, like there's going to, you know, there's going to be the Chris Paul yeah. question is interesting because like he he can own those second unit minutes. Which by the way, like last night they're minus eleven with that lineup we were talking about yeah, earlier: the yeah, Joseph yeah. Quinones. Uh, and Chris Paul is like plus twenty seven without Steph Curry on the floor this year. Like we, especially early in the season, was like, man, he's like stabilized their weakest part of the game. So there is a lot of value to to bringing him back on the court for those minutes. But Chris Paul doesn't want to play twelve non Steph Curry minutes and then be fine. He wants to close games. They've said he's going to be a closer, and then suddenly, like they currently have a closing lineup that doesn't include him. So th- that might be tricky. And then that's a question heading towards the deadline: thirty million dollars expiring deal. Add a pick to him. You could get some value uh, for for now and the future potentially. Uh, but at the same time, he's a maneuverable contract in the offseason, and he's also your way out of the second apron, maybe, um, depending on what happens with Clay this summer. So. I think he that's a question mark. It's a question mark. He's really liked in that locker room, right? This has yeah. not been like, yeah, yeah we we'll throw a guy in there and, you know, whatever. Like they like him. Um, he's like a he's hurt. like a new age Andre for them. Like yeah. that yeah. second voice, like on the bench, in, encouraging them. Um, it's that is a really great question. I also want to talk about just to go back to your point about um, uh, Jonathan Kaminga and being, you know, a downhill player. Yesterday, I actually thought it was quite scary seeing in transition Andrew Wiggins on one wing and Jonathan Kaminga on the other wing. Like that combination, especially the way they were attacking the basket, was actually to me quite scary. But Slater, you're saying that you're not seeing that as much out of him just yet, or who Kaminga or Wiggins? Wiggins. Yeah, I mean, he's a, just like downhill. They were in the Lakers game. Like D'Angelo Russell was on him. There's a few guys, and like there was a mm. few times Steph Curry had to throw him the ball and be like, "Look who's on oh, you!" Yeah, okay, <laughs> go. Yeah, okay, there's you some know? times. I'm not gonna lie. There's some times that Steph Curry has. I've caught him do it once, where Steph Curry is throwing the ball to Wiggins, and he's just been like, "Oh wait, uh, I'm in the NBA. I'm playing this game too." <laughs> <laughs> Shoot, attack, score, right. post, post up the yeah. six foot four guy who has zero interest of showing any resistance. Hey, I loved how much he was posting up last night. I think last night was the first time all season that I have seen Andrew Wiggins calling for the post like he was a senior going up against a freshman in high school. Like, he are you kidding me? Give me. Yeah. The- yeah. He, he had some, some great matchups, yeah. and he was like. Hungry for them, though. This is the that's the difference. The year he made the all-star team, and yeah. he was the same year they won the title that he was awesome in the playoffs. It was like he was doing a lot of that. And like, yeah, he had, he has been that for five games or so, even with some goading. Like I said, the Lakers game was only you know two games ago, and it, there was sure. a lot of like, come on, like do it. Yeah, uh, yeah. So that, you know. The vision, you're correct. Like theoretically, like two six foot seven, six foot eight wings, like with the ability they have, yeah. And but Kaminga, to me, especially at this stage of his career, and just like who he naturally is as as an attacker on the basketball court, uh, has that in him. Like it's just like you know, you're not you're not begging him to go get (laughs) to the rim. He's like that's what his first. Let me get to the rim. Let me get to the rim. As he said last night, he volunteered it. Like he's 
he wants to start hitting that three-point shot regularly, and we know it's been a struggle for him this season, but we know he's capable of it. I think he made one uh, last night. A couple popped out. Um, can you imagine? Not that he should be looking for the three. He should not. He should be looking for the drive, as Draymond said. Like no one can stop you. Now you know. Sometimes you can, but uh, if, if he has that in his game, where he can hit the open three, and defenses have to acknowledge that, uh, there's going to be some really dangerous nights. Even you, there's a forty point night coming for John Kaminga. Jonathan you know, Kaminga, the spacer. Yeah, Ooh. I mean, or just like so, they have to deal with it. Like they don't deal with it. They give him the shot. Yeah. I would yeah. too. Like, you know, yeah. what's he shooting? 26% from three, whatever it is. Um, is it that low? I mean, he's had, it, had been, he it was low for a while. It might be a little low. higher than that now, but it's not, not 36 or anything. Uh, like one that. thing it doesn't do is it doesn't scare defense. It's 32.4%. Yeah. Uh, they let him, year. they yeah. let him shoot. Yeah. 37. So if it's there, his feet are set. You know, look yeah. what Draymond's done with his three this season. I said, like, Draymond, yes. I think Draymond's our third best three-point shooter, like, percentage, whatever. Like, he just is, when he's shooting the ball, I feel only more confident it's going in when Clay's shooting it and when Steph's shooting it. That's it among Warriors players. And that's a large step for him, and it's an important step. And if Moses if, Moody can't get in that Moody, conversation. I'm sorry, he's not, act, he's not active. My problem. Pajemski yeah, can't get in that conversation? Um, no, Pajemski is not in that conversation. Ah. He is not in that shooting 39%. Yeah, I do not. I mean, guess who leads I, the Warriors in three-point percentage? Uh, Moses Moody. Draymond Green. Draymond okay, Green. There you go. Yeah. So he's the best three-point There he is. Guess who he's is second three. in three-point percentage? Uh, yeah. Dario Saric. Dario Saric. Oh, wow. He's who Dang. has not been hitting them lately. 41.2. You know, it's, it's, it, it goes up and down and it gets random. So what's Steph at? Like 38? 40 point, 40 point 40 nine. Nine. Yeah, Right below them. Yeah, anytime Steph's That's amazing, not, though. Not degree of difficulty the on the Steph Curry shots slightly, slightly and the volume right. yeah. and volume. I was going to say yeah. volume, <laughs> volume and difficulty. Yeah, yeah. I, I think I would still take Steph Curry lining one up over maybe. Anyone maybe. On this but team. can you imagine if Kaminga is a 34, 36 percent three point shooter? Like there is that that would be really really uh you're talking about an all-star is what you're talking yeah about. exactly uh, which talking, yeah. is talking about that second later you mentioned like that second yeah. is he that second guy he isn't right now but we can see it is it conceivable a, yes it's yes it's absolutely I mean, he like, took yeah. more shots than steph last night yep which i was like oh uh, you want to know who, what's crazy <laughs> is steve kerr's like yeah that's okay you know, yeah, that's what I'm back. saying. Oh man, you and guys are right. You... This is my lead. This is my lead for my call. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, we're, 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 like, we're 50 <laughs> minutes deep into a podcast, so don't worry. Number one, no, t- Tim, I'll get us out of here and I'll I'll finish us on the last subject. It, what did y'all think of this like Niners party that they, that yeah, they had? It was, the uh, it was very interesting. These two teams like each other. Uh, yeah. We know that. Joe Lacob is a big time sweet holder at Foreigners games. Uh, you know, there is a kind of a you know, convivial out, you know, the, these guys, the, the leaders, you get free tickets. I get free tickets. Exactly. Right? And they that. like each other at each other's games. They like it. They yeah. like that conversation. Debo said something to, to Steph before a four, uh, a fourth quarter playing Steph hits the three, go runs down points, right? At Debo. I asked him, he goes, yeah, Debo said something not you know, very positive about, uh, about Steph as you ain't, you ain't hitting that. Yeah. He wasn't saying that, but Steph made sure to point to Debo. They were lining up that first row. Uh, they like each other. And again, there's similar principles. I think there's similar mindset. What'd you think, so, Tim, what'd you think about the, it was like the bridge club suite seemed to yeah. be like rented out. I saw yes. the video. They had like a yeah. cake, like a specific <laughs> yeah, Joe cake. gave a speech. 
Joseph Four Niner, yeah. Joseph Four Niner fan. I saw Kittle at the bar like way after the game last night, still in the Bridge Club <laughs> in his Looney jersey. Like I'm sure crushing Coors Lights or whatever he was. Oh, I'm sure they're ring. keeping very focused for the Super Bowl. Listen, these point. Oh point yeah, 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 yeah. But um, <laughs> extra week help. Yeah, they just it's a good scene. The Four Niners are welcome there. Uh, and Warriors are we know Clay loves the four, you know, he gets down 400 games a ton. It's just like uh, two franchises that like each other, and I think they like liking each other, they like that the other team likes them. It's just one mm-hmm. of those things. Kerr sounds like a high school, like sophomore, like romance, romance novel. <laughs> like it's a bromance, it's a bromance for sure. I was thinking more those, like the, the, the high school basketball team showing up for the football team and the high school football team showing up for the basketball team. That's the way I look part. at it. Uh, and they just think they're, you know, they're just, they're similar personalities. Kerr and John Lynch are pretty close. It's just like similar mindsets. And I, I think I've written like good teams, like other good teams. They like hanging yep. with each other. It's good vibes uh, for, you know, 49ers are in the Super Bowl and the Warriors aren't that great, but you know, we, obviously the Warriors have won way more titles recently, recently. Um, this is just, it's a scene and they like that. It's a scene both ways. So that's how I would play it out They're They're just similar vibes with both and it's good to share all right y'all our trade has worked that's a good trade yeah. we, got, we got better instantly instantly we got better you guys are silly thank you guys are so silly <laughs> uh, we, we i'm sure we could get marcus back and then marcus is gonna have a team. full press conference about this by the way <laughs> yeah. his agent, like, i his know agent, what my team we'll right, get a release gonna show up. no he's Sh- just gonna Sh- le- is gonna tweet something out about yeah he's gonna marcus. leak he's gonna leak something <laughs> about his like tim kawakami's usage rate and you know, i don't know who knows <laughs> But all right, y'all. Uh, great, Zena. You know, you're great. Yeah. Thanks for having me, y'all. Appreciate we will, it. We will talk to y'all later. See ya. Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic.